Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're You're listening listening to ghost host, host, Sophia Temporelli. And Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly 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 at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Roth, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, an executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickRothTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. This is April, the psychic housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary right here on Live Paranormal. Congratulations, Sophia. I love you and I'm so proud of you. 
That's right, it's the Goso Show with Sophia Neperoli on LiveParanormal.com. And yes, congratulations, Sophia, on celebrating 11 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com and now on GhostHunting.com, which has been added to the lineup, too, as well. So you can listen uh, to the players on both locations. If you have any questions for our guests in the chat room, make sure that they're all capped so we can distinguish between the chatter and the chat room. Feel free to call into the show, 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316. Thank you, Rob Sarek, the site founder of Light Paranormal and uh, GhostHunting.com for providing this format each and every week and to all of our moderators. Thank you guys for patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed. Thank you guys for all your support through the years. Today we welcome back feature film actor, stuntman, author, and Hollywood Ghost Hunters co-founding lead paranormal investigator Rick McCallum. Everyone visit HollywoodGhostHunters.com, HGHMag.com, Twitter at Rick for Stunts, and Facebook search Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and also Rick McCallum with his own page on uh, Facebook too as well. Coming up, we have Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Michigan Hellhouse Shock Doc host Medium uh, Cindy Kazo will be on the program next weekend, the 25th. Also, Psychic Rick Wade will be promoting his new book release, The 11th Child. That'll be on uh, March 18th. We have other people securing their dates. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporally uh, Facebook fan page uh, to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And also, too, tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Beyond the Screen and Ghost Light Radio, as well, monthly Mondays, right here, Chip Coffee of Annie's Paranormal State. And now on Kindred Spirits, uh, he'll be here Mondays, uh, uh, monthly on Live Paranormal, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Brigatti, Andy and Michelle Coppick, Ken Gearhart, and many more. If you miss any parts of the show today, they're available as free MP4 iTunes downloads immediately following the broadcast, too, as well. Let's bring on the ghost host here, Sophia. Sophia, congratulations on 11 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 11 years. You're doing a fantastic job, and you've helped a lot of people through the years. Last week, you finished up that new Harry Potter game. How was that? It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see you like <laughs> for a few days while you were playing that thing in there. Yeah. I, I try and finish games quickly. Yeah. Well, you got the Twitters, you got the Instagrams, all these different things. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, at Sophia Temporelli with one L, and Instagram, just Instagram just at Sophia Temporelli. I know. We cursed you with a long name. So just drop an L, and you'll be able to find Sophia Temporelli. And tell us about your guests. Today, we welcome feature film actor, stuntman, and Hollywood Ghost Hunters co-founding lead paranormal investigator, Rick McCallum. Rick co-founded Hollywood Ghost Hunters with fellow legendary horror icons. Everyone visit HollywoodGhostHunters.com, HGHMag.com, Twitter at rick for stunts Facebook search Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and Rick McCallum. Let's welcome Rick into the show. And Rick McCallum, he, he put a photo of you in his book. Rick, hey, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks hey, Rick, thank you today. so much for coming back on today. Well, you know, I was listening to the intro with all those famous paranormal people saying you're listening to uh, Sophia Temporelli, and I'm going, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm the one that's going to be talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> you actually uh, got to investigate with me, too, so, you know, we have that yeah. it's a special bond. 
I got to tell you, that was a blast. I mean, uh, and it was really nice to meet uh, your parents, too. They're wonderful people. But, yeah, uh, LAPD Museum was not only a very haunted yeah. place, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we caught some really interesting stuff there. And, yeah, I never expected to be investigating a police museum. So it was just a lot of fun to do something different like that, you know. I mean, there's there's so many great locations, but I think there's – just like museum type stuff is like so rare to actually get the chance to go into. Yeah. And you know what about the LAPD museum that was really interesting is that uh, I went there several times, you know, uh, with the different uh, people and every time it got bigger and more stuff happened every single time we went back. Absolutely. I know you've definitely investigated there more times than I have. Can you tell us about um, some of the stuff that has happened to you while on the investigations and for those who aren't aware of some of the history behind the police museum? Well, the LAPD museum used to be an actual precinct, uh, you know, police precinct. And they have made yeah. it into where they keep all of the uh, or the most important evidence from major crimes. So they have things in there about the death of Marilyn Monroe, uh, the Manson family killings, um, the onion field. I mean, if, if it's a major thing, the, uh, the Night Stalker, I mean, all, all those cases, all the evidence is, is stored in this place. And I kind of feel like some of that energy is coming off of that because it's got a very mysterious feel. But we decided, um, my friend uh, Mikey Thompson and I, Mikey's very good with uh, tech stuff, and you met him. Um, we decided that in the North Hollywood shootout room, which is so many people get creeped out about that thing because they have two life, life-size uh, mannequins of the two killers um, that we decided to see if we couldn't get up the, up the uh, energy in that room. And what we came up with is that we played the sound of machine guns going off because they were shooting machine guns during the robbery. And as soon as we did mm-hmm. that, every piece of equipment, the K2s started going crazy. The, uh, SLS had two figures where they were like fighting inside the glass case and one of them fell out on the ground. Um, you know, everything just blew up. I mean, it was, it was spectacular to, to, to see and hear that. Yeah. I mean, they have, I mean, so much amazing artifacts there. And I mean, those mannequins they have are definitely pretty creepy too. So even if you're not investigating, they have some stuff there that just gives off very creepy vibes. Yeah, and it's it, it's open to the public, I believe. So I mean, it's it's definitely worth going in and checking out all that stuff. But ghost hunting it is is amazing. And you know what else happened? Um, you know, we watched uh, on the 25th anniversary. We watched uh, of the North Hollywood shootout. We watched the show about the LAPD that um, Ghost Adventures had done. And while we were sitting there, we found out a piece of information that we hadn't known. And the Ghost Adventures team had found it, and it was that a woman had actually got a gun who worked there, got a gun, went into the shooting range, and, and uh, killed herself. And, it, you know, looking at the title, her name was Margaret. So later on, I asked when we were downstairs, I said, uh, there is a woman who passed away in the uh, shooting range. Are you here? And the K2 meter went all five lights. And I said, could you tell us your name? And we played back the thing, and it said Margaret. So that was uh, that was pretty interesting that her name came back after we just saw on the show that 
lady named Margaret had uh, done that. Yeah, that's incredible to have that happen. And I know we talked a little bit just now about, you know, the investigations with the LA police, but can you tell the audience how you initially got your start in the paranormal? Have you always had an interest or was it experiences that kind of led you down this path? Well, uh, my first real experience was when I was 13. And uh, that was quite a while ago. <laughs> but uh, what had happened is that my my grandfather had died and I didn't really know him very well. And he wanted to be buried in Paducah, Kentucky, and we lived in Chicago. Now, my mom didn't have very much money, and this came right out of the blue because he did uh, one of those uh, cleaning your gun accidents. Um, so mm-hmm. we had to we had to put him on a train. My mother and I got on the train, and we, you know, like the very next day, and went down to uh, Paducah, Kentucky on the train. And they took the casket off for the for the funeral the next day. But because we had done everything so fast, we had no hotel or anything else. So once we got off the train, we walked downtown trying to find a place to stay. And we saw a place that would be perfect for a horror movie. It looked like the Psycho House almost, but it was actually a, a brick building. It was uh, right right downtown. It had like a, a neon light outside that was flickering. You know, I mean, it was everything about it was, yeah. was creepy. And we walked in, and my mother asked if the guy had any rooms. He goes, well, we got one left. And uh, he says, but I have to tell you, it's haunted. Now, I was 13, right? I mean, I was like, woohoo, golden ticket to Disneyland, yes, right? So we go upstairs, and the place is like a big rectangle, and it's all wooden floor. It looks almost like a basketball court. And uh, it had two rolling beds, one on each far wall. So it was about 20 feet between the two, two things. Well, we'd had a real long day of traveling and everything else. We both went to bed. In the middle of the night, I heard her scream. So, you know, it jerked me awake, and I sat up, and I looked, and I see her bed, you know, going pretty quickly across the floor towards me. And I'm like, what in the world? And then I suddenly realized that my bed was going towards hers, and the two of them smacked together in the middle, and we just sat there looking at each other for like five seconds. And my mother said, well, I think the guy downstairs is right. So we tried mm-hmm. everything. And this was long before the shows that were on TV and everything else. And my mother was very, very smart. So we were trying to figure out an answer. Now, this is before anybody ever heard of the word debunk, right? But that's what we were trying to do. And we rolled the glass on its side to see if the floors were warped. They were fine. You know, I went behind up to the wall and shoved the thing as hard as I could. And it only go like three feet. So, I mean, these things covered probably 15 feet to crack in the middle. So after that, I was hooked. I mean, I was like, there's, we couldn't find any, you know, explanation for what was going on. Of course. I mean, especially at such a young age, obviously, you know, your excitement at the room being haunted kind of shows you had a prior interest in the supernatural instead of, you know, just being like, oh, that stuff is fake. But, I mean, to have that experience at such a young age really does cement it in your life kind of forever because when you grow up, that's always going to be in the back of your mind that, you know, the paranormal is happening all around you, even if you don't notice. Well, I think that was right around the time that after I was sitting there being interested in the paranormal that I started seeking out the paranormal. So that that pretty much got me started. 
Yeah, I mean, experiences like that, I feel like, are a great way to start because you, once you have an experience like that, you can't try and rationalize things away as easy. It's like, okay, this happened, you know, yeah, that, when you go, that, that makes that, it real. Yeah, you like to say, that really just happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't just be like, well, no, maybe it's this. When you have that one experience that makes it be like, yeah, I can't explain that, and I will never be able to explain it, that you're just like, okay, there's something to this, and yeah, I mean, you just want to know more at that point. And obviously, growing into an adult, you helped co-found Hollywood Ghost Hunters. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your team and how that all started? Oh, I have the weirdest team that's ever been assembled. <laughs> uh, the other two guys that ghost hunt with me, uh, we haven't gotten a chance to lately because we've all moved to different states. So it's hard for us mm -hmm. getting together. So a lot of us uh, are ghost hunting on our own. Like I do a lot of stuff at the LAPD Museum and around here and in Scotland and all kinds of stuff. But uh, the first person that I, I co-founded it with is an actor by the name of Kane Hodder. And Kane is very famous for playing Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, actually, he's the only one that's ever played him in more than one, and he was in uh, four of them. So, um, But he's a very famous horror actor. And then we picked up another of our friends, R.A. Mihailov, who played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. So when I'm out ghost hunting, I'm out there in a long hallway, you know, walking through the dark, and I'm out in front, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, at least I got some big guys behind me in case something happens. And then I'll think, <laughs> yeah. then I'll think to myself, well, wait a minute, that's Jason and Leatherface. This isn't going to end good for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, you're tall too, so I mean, being around other tall people, I'm sure it's a different feeling. Well, you know, in my book, uh, um, the the spirits are out there; they're waiting for you. I have a picture of you when you were with us at the LAPD museum. And mm -hmm. if you remember, two bodyguards were actually guys that were actually on the hunts, you know, people that I'd known and they're standing on each end and I'm standing next to you. And, and, and you look so tiny <laughs> compared, compared to everybody else. Cause those guys are big mooses, you know? Yeah. And I'm five, eight. So I'm not like, I'm not the smallest person <laughs> ever. However, everyone in my family is taller than me, so I'm pretty used to it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a that was a fun night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Definitely, I mean, it's so great getting to investigate just with other people that have that passion for the paranormal, um, and are taller than you. So you know, if there is a spider, you can jump them in the way uh, because you'll touch them first, and not you. Yeah, well, you know, I can outrun both of them. So if there's real trouble, they're on their own. <laughs> Look, I have no stamina. I can't run fast. But if there's a spider, I promise you I will run faster. Than you. you may yeah, have longer you, legs, but if there's a spider. <laughs> well, once you're motivated, it's surprising how quick you can move. <laughs> it's surprising when there's a spider how fast. Here's the thing. When I'm freaked out, I don't even run. I fast walk really fast. So <laughs> If I'm scared, you don't even see me running. I fast walk. It's the strangest thing. I, um, see, I, but, I, I've had uh, five knee operations, so I'm not going to be running anywhere. So as soon as I get scared, my fists go up because <laughs> I know I can't run away. I better defend myself. <laughs> and, and so I'm just, far, I'm no. I'm a really good fast walker. 
Well, you know what? You know, no spirits have tried to beat me up yet, so it's all been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is a plus. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's amazing that you assembled that team too. And I know you were talking about teams involvement in Friday the Thirteenth. But one of my favorite things about you, because it's my favorite game, is you also worked on Friday the Thirteenth, the game. You want to tell the audience about what you worked on with that? Oh yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth video game was boy, that was a lot of fun. Um, actually Kane, uh, recreated the Jason Voorhees thing and I was the stunt coordinator. So they had to put on the, uh, the suits, you know, the real tight spandex with the little, you know, shiny balls so the computers could pick them up. Mm-hmm. And actually there was one place where I had to put it on. I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked like a sack full of doorknobs. I mean, I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> I'm not wearing this to the beach, but, uh, yeah, the mohap suits are interesting. Yeah, and uh, actually I helped create a lot of the uh, kills, but most of them were based on uh, Tom Savini's kills from the original movies. Um, And, I mean, it was a blast doing that. Uh, We actually had a a really funny thing that happened. Uh, One of the guys that was producing the show was uh, an expert in martial arts, and I used Mm -hmm. to do a lot of it. And Kane says to me, he goes, can you still kick somebody in the head? And I said, well, yeah, but I'd have to throw them on the ground first. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that hey, was that's uh, better than me. I I will fall before I can kick someone. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to roll up in a fetal position and hope they take mercy on me. Uh, but, yeah, that the, the Friday the 13th game was, was a lot of fun because uh, we got to innovate a few things that other people hadn't seen. And something happened in there that I just couldn't believe that people hadn't thought about this because I was coordinating. I didn't have the suit on, right? Mm-hmm. And when we started, they explained, unless you have the balls on, the computer won't pick you up, won't be able to see you. So we were sitting there, and we were trying to do this this one stunt that required somebody to be able to uh, do, like, a real fast sit-up. And if you don't have anything under your feet, you know, to hold you down, it's kind of hard to do that without your legs flying up and, you know, it looks terrible. So they said, what are we yeah. going to do? And I said, I've got an idea. They said, what? And I walked into the scene, <laughs> leaned down, grabbed his feet. And I said, now try that. And he goes, oh, that's right. We can't see you. <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah. That's... But uh, yeah, that was always fun. It's funny the way just, I mean, you see the behind the scenes when they're making video games and the mocap suits are definitely a very interesting thing to have to act in. I mean, you see actors all the time, like with Marvel, acting with green screen, but I see the actors for video games acting with mocap suits. And I'm like, I feel like it would be really hard to act out an emotional scene or someone something when someone <laughs> is literally covered in these little tiny, like, pinpoint balls around you to be able to see it on the the computer well you, you got to remember too kane also played a character named victor crowley in the four hatchet movies and mm-hmm. he also didn't speak in that and he had was under another mask so if there's anybody in horror movies that can do emotion without you know being able to talk or see his face it's got to be kane right yeah i i, I remember Previously, too, when I had asked you about this, um, I was telling you that my friend tonight, we play Friday the 13th. I, I'm being honest, I genuinely love the game. And uh, we play as Chad Kensington, and you said, Oh, I loved killing Chad. We were all like, What? No. <laughs> all three of us were like, Why would he say that about us? Everybody wanted to kill Chad while we were on the set. <laughs> 
No, he <laughs> plays the Cubs. You know, didn't he have like his sweater around his neck and stuff like that? Yeah. It was like, well, let's get yes, that guy's got to go. <laughs> yeah, he did. I I wear the Halloween outfit, Chad. They have three Chad ones: the the sweater around the neck. They have the kind of Cobra Kai outfit, Chad, which is what I play as, and then they have Speedo Chad. <laughs> <laughs> You have to put up a picture of you in a Cobra Kai thing. That's gotta be that's gotta be awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't personally have one. I just play as Chad as that because I did not want to wear a sweater. But yeah, we play. We are the Chads. We call it our group chat is called the Chads. <laughs> That's not even yeah. a joke. The, the, <laughs> we were like, I don't know if 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 Chad is the one who gets he's uh, sitting on the ground and he gets. Uh, he was laying on the ground and they were trying to think of a way to get him to sit up. And I said, well, I have an idea. And I went over and told the guy. And, and of course, the nice thing about doing a mocap is you don't have to have a real weapon. All you have to have is something that has the light on it. Right. So you can mm-hmm. use, you know, things that are not dangerous at all. Well, they said, how are we going to get him to sit up? And I said, well, watch. And I walked over and I hit him in the crotch. The thing went, Bleh! and he sat straight up. Right. And I said, just like that. Right? And then Kane looks I, I, at him. Uh, you might remember this. Kane looks at him after he sits up and he walks past him and then, then he chops his head off from behind. And it's like, uh, yeah, this is, this is not the uh, most kid-friendly thing we've ever done. <laughs> they actually, they do have one where it's like death by like crotch slash. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like it's called like <laughs> the splitter or something. <laughs> so they yeah. do have like just a straight up kill like that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> if you see that and you're like, cool, that's how I died. That's wonderful. Oh, I have to, I have to tell you something real quick. Uh, on the intro you guys said that we had Hollywood Ghost Hunters and HGH Mag. The guys that uh had put that together for me have moved away and I have no way of getting into it. So I had to just let those go. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have those anymore. The only way to get hold of me really is to go on uh, Hollywood ghost hunters on Facebook or, or my name on Facebook. And I respond to everything. Oh, okay. So, Or but yeah, they you're just... near mocap studio and right. find the guy that's trying to help people sit up fast. Yeah. Cause uh, we, I have so much stuff to put up, but uh you know, I just finally had to let those go because it had been like two years and I could not get hold of the guys and they mm-hmm. had all the codes to get in. So I was like, oh, well, start over. Well, it's okay, though. I mean, you're doing so much great work. I mean, uh, speaking of your work, too, like you were mentioning earlier, your books, um, tell us about the first book you wrote and what kind of inspired you to write that. Well, you know, I've, I've been to so many places and had so many experiences and I know people really like hearing about some of the famous places, right? What goes on in there and actual first person accounts. So, I mean, I, we started Hollywood ghost hunters at the Mansfield reformatory, the penitentiary. And then we went and we've been, I mean, I've been to easily 50 of the top locations in, in the world. So I just thought, you know, well, if I, every time I would come home after I did something, I'd write a little story about it. And then finally I looked in there and I had enough stories for a book. All I had to do was put them together. So, uh, and on the second one, I just had more stuff because <laughs> it had been a couple of years since that one came out. And I'd been to Scotland several times and had been to so many castles and I'd been to England and Ireland. And so it's just, uh, it's kind of like a uh, textbook of ghost hunting places with uh, 
my weird sense of humor involved. No, I mean, of course, you've gone to some amazing locations. I know you were talking about Scotland, and it seems that place has a really special just kind of place in your heart. Can you tell the audience um, about just some of the adventures you've had in Scotland and some of the investigations you've been on? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I love Scotland. I mean, and I've always loved Scotland before I knew anything about Scotland. It's just something I wanted to go to Scotland. And this is long before Braveheart and all that came out. I mean, this is when I was a kid. And I always knew that uh, our lineage was Scottish. So once I started finding out that we actually have a family castle in Scotland uh, that was actually used in the, the movie, um, what the heck is it? It was one of the James Bond movies, um, Deadfall, Downfall, something like that. Skyfall? Um, Skyfall, that's the one. See, that's why I talk to you, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, got you, uh, but when I got over there, I, I met some people, and I started going around. I met some more people, and then I met uh, a group, uh, Scottish Paranormal. And if anybody is watching Haunted Scotland, uh, Ryan O'Neill, who's on that show, is actually one of the founders of Scottish Paranormal. And after I'd ghost hunted with them for a while, they made me an honorary lifetime member, so I'm a member of that. And I'm, every time I go over there, I mean, we just have – we go. I ghost hunt. I go for a month every year. And that's all I do is I go ghost hunting, right? So it's it's just awesome. I will tell you one that's uh, one place that I've become very fond of uh, was mm-hmm. Balgoni Castle. Now I was fortunate enough to be uh, uh, dark, the Dark Zone people with me, and they actually filmed the stuff that happened at Balgoni Castle. Uh, but Balgoni, I've been to many many times, and I got to be very good friends with the uh, laird of the the mansion you know, of the, of the castle. And he was, shoot, pretty close to, pretty close to 90. And when we did that shoot there, we were lucky enough to go back into his private, private room. And he was in, in, his, in a hospital bed and uh, we were all standing there and we were talking and he reaches up and he grabs my hand and mm-hmm. he pulls me down and he whispered something to me. And I whispered something to him, and I turned around and put my hands over my eyes. I said, I got to go out. out. There's a lot of dust in here, <laughs> right, because I didn't want to see that I was tearing up. But I went back a week later, later. They had a celebrity guest hunt, and evidently they couldn't find a celebrity because they used me. Uh, but we we uh, were in there, and after the ghost hunt, uh, I went in, me, me and uh, Gregor Stewart, who was one of the guys in Scottish Paranormal. Everybody else had left. It was very mm-hmm. late at night. And we went in there, and the Laird was sitting there, you know, in his bed still. And we got to talk for a good half hour or so. And before I left, he grabbed my hand, and he was looking at me, and I was looking at him. And I knew as we walked outside, I told Gregor, I said, I'm never going to see him again. And he goes, yeah, I don't think so. And it was about a month after that that he passed away. But that was absolutely one of my favorite places, and not only because there was a lot of activity and I got to hang out with my buddies from Scottish Paranormal, but because of the Laird, because he was such a magnificent dude, so many so many accomplishments and everything else, uh, just made it a real special place for me. Yeah, I mean, it's great that you have those memories and, you know, have so many friends over in Scotland. I mean, Europe has so many crazy cool locations. I mean, America has great locations too, but nothing that has stood around as long as, you know, the castles and everything that's still standing over in England. So it's, it's really just amazing just 
Scotland, Ireland, England, all of those European countries to be able to go there and see that history in real life and just first person. Well, it's not only that. I mean, um, I get asked a lot, what is the difference between ghost hunting in America and ghost hunting like in, say, Scotland? And I tell them the intensity because mm-hmm. it, the intensity of the hunt that you get over there is much more than you get in the United States. And I can say that because I've done it for seven years. You know, it, it adds up to seven months that I've actually ghost hunted the castles. I actually had something that really was really, really cool. I'd always wanted to go to this one place called Temple. And I was always intrigued by the Knights Templar. And uh, my friend Gregor told me, he says, well, that was an actual Knights Templar temple. That's why they call the city temple. And I said, we ought to go see that someday. Is it silly? He goes, yeah, let's go tomorrow. So he comes over, picks me up, we go over there. And you would think a place that was an actual Knights Templar temple would be like locked off and guards and everything else. Just had a little little chain link fence around it. And it was open. You just open up, walk in and do whatever you want. But uh, wow. after about mm-hmm. an hour, uh, Gregor says to me, he says, do you feel anything? I said, yeah. And he goes, what? I said, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. And he goes, yeah. He says, it's the same feeling I get here. He says, most people don't get that feeling. I said, no, as soon as I walked here, it felt you know, almost like I was home. It was it was very strange. And it's only like eight miles from Roslyn Chapel, which is another big famous place, supposedly, that uh, the Knights Templar had an influence on. Uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are such cool locations you got to go to. I mean, I would love to investigate over there at some point. Um, but, you know, really far. <laughs> well, if you ever but... go over there, you call me and I'll hook you up. Okay, wow. I would love that. Yeah, and I know we have a uh, Scotty from Scotland over there too, who we've both been on his radio show. Oh, I know him. I think uh, can't remember his last name. What? Uh, yeah, what, it's what? like Matheson. Yeah. Oh, Matheson. Yeah. 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 Actually, he's asked me to go ghost hunting with him, and I hope to run him down one of these times. Wow. Yeah. He said the same to me, too. However, last time I was on his show, I did a Scottish accent. He told me I needed more work. So I don't think I can really face him until I work on that more. <laughs> well, you know, He's it's got funny. a good one. <laughs> Different areas in Scotland, have, it's just like somebody from Boston trying to talk to somebody from, from Texas in the United States. You go some places and you have zero chance of understanding anything they're saying. And Ryan, the guy who's on Haunted Scotland, we would yes. we were going to Ireland. We were going to Lep Castle, and we're driving along, and he's in the back seat, and he starts. He's been talking for a while, and he has a real heavy accent. And finally, I just turned. I said, "Will you speak English already?" <laughs> right. <laughs> so to tease me for the rest of the trip, he'd go, "Deedle deedle 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 I'd listen to that for the whole thing. Now he tortures me with it when we're in a castle somewhere. I'll hear him off in the corner. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely what Scott's problem was. It's definitely not my accent. He just, I'm just doing a different dialect. That's obviously what yeah. it has to be. <laughs> um, I know we have to take a quick commercial break, though, but we'll be right back with more questions. It's the Ghost Coast Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. And uh, welcoming back, feature film actor, stuntman, author, and Hollywood ghost hunters, co-founding lead paranormal investigator, Rick McCollum. Uh, everyone is, as Rick mentioned too, you can uh, find him on Facebook, uh, Facebook search Hollywood Ghost Hunters, his personal Rick McCallum, 
and uh, Twitter at Rick for Stunts. Uh, the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli. We have, uh, speaking of accents, we have a Jersey caller as we come back from break two as well for the late edition of the show. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host Sophia Temporilli on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of, of voiceovers now. I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Oh, poor Dave, left out of the audio bites there. I'm trying to unmute and bring uh, Rick and Sophia. We have you back in. And uh, speaking of, yeah, we have a Jersey caller. We have 732 area code. Yeah, hi, what's your first name? You're on with Sophia and Rick. Uh, Unfortunately, my name is Rick. Confusing. Oh, your name's Rick, too? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're on with Rick McCallum. Hi. Hey, Rick, uh... I want to ask you a big question about just your stuntman side. Okay. Have you? Are you familiar with fight scenes? Very familiar, actually. Okay. How, what's the hardest part, being the taker of a punch or the giver of a punch? Because I did, I, I, I recently did a, a student film, the uh, the striker, and I couldn't get it right. Uh, well, it, that's something that takes takes a little time to, to get the timing and everything else down uh, because every stunt guy will tell you it's not the punch, it's the reaction that sells it, right? You can throw the most miserable-looking punch, and if you get a good reaction, it makes the, the stunt look so much better. But I will give you a, a hint. Most people, when they're trying to do stuff in stunts, when they haven't been trained in things, have a tendency to throw the punch uh, too straight and, you know, too close and that just doesn't read well for the camera um usually mm-hmm. most punches you'll see they come out wide and they cross across right across the eye line and you know that you've got a good you know 10 10 inches you know away from whatever you're trying to hit so you don't have to worry about hitting them um 
But the thing is, too, when you're dealing with actors and people who are not stuntmen, they're not used to doing the reactions. They're not used to knowing what to do. I mean, I have had where an actor was supposed to throw a right right hook at me and hit me in the head with his left hand. You know, so. Um, yeah. Well, see, now me, I'm, I'm an actual, like, I, I actual, I, I fight. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a pretty good amateur record. And my whole thing was, I, I was told, just end, end when you're hitting his face. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought that was dangerous. Yeah, that's. Uh, mm-hmm. So they were throwing straight punches into it. And well, that's, I was that's, I was throwing most, mostly straight rights. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's one that really doesn't read very well. That's why I say you need to throw wider ones. So I hope that helps. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Another question on on the side note. Um, you're not Scottish because you're you're Irish. No, that's actually Scottish. Well, it would be M-A-C, right? Well, it's the name has changed many times. As a matter of fact, okay. half of our family is, is named Malcolm, and it's the exact same family because their name morphed into Malcolm. And the Malcolm family is pretty dang famous in Scotland, but they're actually well, well, also yeah, the well, McCullums. That's like, that's like my, my family were the, were the old tools, and then in the United States they're called the tolls. So yeah, yeah. It, everything gets bastardized. Okay, well, yeah, it's uh, but we are we are definitely Scottish. Well, okay, well, I, I I hope to see some ghosts so I can have something else to talk to you about next time. All right, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> stunt talk and <laughs> on the on the ghost host show. Yeah, thanks for the call, Rick. I'll go ahead, Sophie. <laughs> well, that's definitely why you're Rick for stunts on Twitter. Because um, not only do you do ghosts, you do stunts. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's been an interesting career. Let's put it that way. Somebody asked me one yeah, time. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I was at uh, Scarefest one time, and a guy came up to me, and he was looking at my booth, and he goes, "Oh, you're with uh, Hollywood Ghost Hunters. You must know Kane." I said, "Well, he's my best friend." And he goes, "Really? How long have you known him?" I said, "About forty years." And he goes. Oh, so have you ever been in a movie? And I turned around and I pointed at the thing and I said, "That's about a third of them." And there's about thirty up on the on the thing. And he goes, "Wow, have you ever done a horror movie?" And I said, "Yeah, a bunch of them." And he goes, "You ever done a movie with Kane?" And I said, "Yeah, thirty of them." And he goes like this: He goes, "Will you sign this for me?" Before that, I was like, you know, a, a pond scum or something. And as soon as he heard that I had done thirty movies with Kane, that I was a real person, I guess. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like when uh, people see a celebrity out in public and there's that one person who doesn't know who it is, but they see that everyone else is interested, so they take a photo anyways <laughs> to figure it out later. Yeah, next 10 years, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I got a picture with them, and then someone's like, that's that person. <laughs> no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, yeah, but... We were talking before the break a little bit about um, your first book, Ghost Believe in Me. Can you tell us about your second and latest release, too? Yeah, that's called uh, The Spirits Are Out There and They're Waiting for You. And it's it's more, it's like the first book, uh, with a little bit different. It goes a little deeper into some things that have happened uh, and new locations and things like that. And then there's uh, some stuff about things that have happened to me that make me think that, you know, there's more to the paranormal than most people think. So I threw that in there and uh, 
it's actually getting pretty good reception. The first book actually won the Paranormal Book of the Year, The uh, Ghost Believe in Me. And uh, this one's doing pretty well. So I'm pretty happy about it. Matter of fact, I'm getting yeah. ready to send. I'm getting ready to send you one. I just filled out the envelope because your little picture's in it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I can't wait to read it. I mean, yeah, it's great that you get your stories out there because I mean, it's so important, you know, just for people to be able to read about the paranormal and hear experiences and learn, you know, from people who actually do investigating, um, like you do, you know, traveling and getting different experiences in Scotland and America and seeing the different viewpoints, um, not only on the paranormal, but how to investigate. I think it's really important just to see kind of that cultural difference too that you have um, while investigating since you've seen so many investigative styles. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's so much fun to, to ghost hunt with people from different countries and even different cities like in the United States um, because they have their own techniques and you, you can always, you know, pick up stuff, you know, from other people. And like when you go to uh, Scotland, for for instance, they have different equipment than we do. I mean, they have some of the same. They have some K2 Mm -hmm. meters and things like that. But they have they have some different equipment. And, you know, just just getting to play with new stuff is always a lot of fun. So I always really enjoy uh, ghost hunting with new people. Absolutely. Unfortunately, when we went to the police museum, we were in different groups. But one of these days will actually be in the same room while investigating. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but you did notice that I had two bodyguards going with you. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, well, the funny part was your te- your group got so much activity, and by the time we got to the room you had just left from, it was there was nothing. There was yeah, absolutely I su- nothing. I, I sucked those room dry of, of energy. <laughs> like, we would get stuff in the rooms that you hadn't been in, but then the room we would go to, like, the third floor, it was just dead quiet. Like, I was like, do you want to do an EVP session? I'm like, look, Jay, like, I, I can do that, but I can tell when there's, like, a ghost in the room. There's nothing here. I came in here earlier, and I could feel the energy, there's nothing in here right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a tendency like uh, Cheryl Plum and uh, Mikey Thompson. I ghost hunt with a lot. and They're really, really good with the, the equipment. They're good investigators. And, you know, we'll pretty much rough up a room <laughs> when we get there. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't leave too much behind. Uh, you know, I, I, we went to uh, Glen Tavern Inn one time, and we were ghost hunting yeah. through there. And I actually had gone into a room. And uh, there was a cowboy named Calvin who supposedly got shot in there for cheating at cards. So we walked in, and I said, uh, and Mikey has a DR60, which is a great video, a great uh, audio recorder. And uh, we go in there, and I said, hey, Calvin, are you in here? And we hear, yeah. And I said, well, you're not going to do anything funny, like try and crawl in bed with me or anything, are you? Because I always try and make a little rapport with the spirit, right? And uh, yeah. go. And he says, he's got this drawl. He goes, no, right? And I said like this. I said, well, I'm liking you better already, Calvin. He goes, all right. And I went, all right. Wait a minute. Are you related to Matthew McConaughey? Because he always says that. And you know what he said to me? F you. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I I don't want to deal with you anymore. (laughs) I I got slapped upside the head by a spirit. I mean, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, that was really funny when we played it back. We were like, what? 
Yeah, the Glen Tavern is an amazing location. I, I remember I went there with Amy Goodwin, and we were sitting mm-hmm. in this one room in the closet, and Amy's like, let's sit in here. It's big. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then Chad Lindbergh's there, and he's talking, and he's like, and there's allegedly a prostitute got beheaded and her body thrown in the closet. I'm like, oh, my God, Amy, why did you put me in here? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, my God, the one area she picks is the one area they say that a body was thrown in. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. And so Chad was like, come, come ask questions with me. And I was like, absolutely. I was like, I could not get out of the closet quick enough. I'm like, that's so gross. Yeah. It's, it's uh, actually Cheryl, when we were staying up there, she stayed in that room overnight and uh, she said, you know, it was pretty active. So, and the, the other room that where Calvin was, was right across the hallway from her. So it's like 306 and 307 or 307, 308. I'm not sure what the numbers are. Um, but, yeah, the, both of the two really haunted rooms are right across the way. And there were other rooms that were haunted as well. Yeah, it's it's such a cool location. I mean, it's really just kind of an unusual building, you know, in that little town it's in. And it's it's pretty cool. I mean, just the stuff you can capture there. It's great. I had one of my, like, most unusual experiences there. But, I mean, you have investigated so many cool places. Where would you love to revisit the most out of all the locations you've been to? And out of any location in the world, where would you like to investigate the most? Well, the place I would like to investigate the most would be the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. And that's that's got a real, you know, icky history. Let's put it that way. I mean, they held people, you know, captive up there and chained them to the walls and all kinds of stuff that I've heard. Uh, in the in the United States, and it's something right down the street for me that I would love to go to, is a place called where the Wonderland Murders took place. And that is mm-hmm. where uh, the porn star John Holmes had tried to rip off a drug dealer, and he went, he caught John Holmes and made him take him back to the house where the people had ripped him off. And they, they murdered everybody in there. One guy, one guy survived, I think. But uh, they just went yeah. in there and just took them all out. And I got to tell you, the violence that was in that room if there's any place here that has residual energy, it's going to be that place. So that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, another place I would like to go back to, uh, believe it or not, was uh, in England. And it was it was a place called the Bolton Priory. And mm-hmm. that, that place is off the chart uh, haunted. I mean, it is ridiculously haunted. We had one guy just, boom, black out and go down. And, you know, we had to take measures to make sure he was going to be okay and wake him up. And uh, we saw apparitions, you know, I mean, all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, I I always wear black when I ghost hunt. Um, and uh, we had been in this big priory. I mean, it's a great big uh, place. I mean, it's got the, the chapel. It's got all these different places. And uh, I had walked out and I'd gone over to this one place where I'd been getting a lot of K2 hits. And I was out there. And about, I don't know, 20 minutes later, this girl, Carol Ann, who was ghost hunting with us, comes walking out from the chapel, and she's walking up, and she sees me, and all of a sudden, she just stops dead. And she looks at me, she goes, how long have you been out here? I said, oh, 20 minutes or so. She goes, oh, no. And I said, what? She goes, I was walking through, you know, the area of the chapel, and I saw, you know, you walking away. Well, I saw somebody all black walking away from me that was big. She goes, so I've been following it, and then I look out here, and you're out here. What in the world was I following? <laughs> I said, well, 
I think it was probably wasn't something that was in this world. So, uh, wow. yeah, it, it was a very interesting place. Uh, I will tell you something that, that happened there that's, that was really kind of scary. Uh, there was a girl named Mandy mm-hmm. Fellows who was the head of Anubis uh, Paranormal. And she and Carol and I were walking um, out of out of the enclosure, and it's got this one gate. And there's a story that if the spirits don't want you to leave, you can't get through the gate. And I was walking behind the two ladies, and I saw this with my own eyes. Um, Mandy Fellows had a uh, thing, a necklace that had been uh, blessed at the Vatican. And as she started to walk through, I saw her necklace go yank, and it gave her like a, a burn mark on her neck. But I saw it come flying backwards while she was walking. And as she started to go out, she goes, something's keeping me here. So I said, come on, you, get, you, can, you can do this. And she made it out. And then Carol, she got up, she goes, I feel the same thing. And then she muscled up and she got through it. And evidently, it didn't want me to hang around. I just walked right through and didn't feel a thing. So I was like, yeah, you can go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like return to thunder. Yeah, you know, don't stop. Just just keep going, right? So, But that place w- was just absolutely amazing. Um, we'd also stopped at a place before that, uh, the Norwich uh, Theater, where uh, Mandy and I both saw a uh, full-body apparition, and it wasn't five feet away from me. I mean, it was very, very bizarre. Yeah, that's amazing. You've had so many just, like, really cool experiences and amazing, you know, places you've gone to. I mean, I could talk with you all day just about the places you've investigated, um, which is amazing because so many investigators, would love to travel that much. I know I would, but you know, in California, it's a little hard to find locations. <laughs> but it's very hard to find locations. Yeah, but uh, it's it's yeah. it's definitely difficult. So I mean, yeah, just the very... fact you've been able to travel like that is just incredible. But I know we're coming towards the end of the show. So are there uh, any upcoming investigations, productions, appearances, book projects, or websites you'd like to mention? Holy cow, that's a lot of stuff. Um, no, just, uh, just the stuff, you know, um, the uh, Facebook is always the best way to get me, Hollywood Ghost Hunters, you know, Facebook, and then Rick McCullum on Facebook. Um, and one thing I wanted to say about the books, you can get uh, both of my books on Amazon. But one thing about the books, and I hadn't said this before, whenever something happened and somebody else was there, something really spectacular, I let them tell their mm-hmm. versions, too. So that it's not just me saying, well, this happened. I mean, this is people, other people were there saying, I was there and that did indeed happen. So I think that makes the two books a little different than most of the paranormal books because the other people get to put their two cents in too. Absolutely. I mean, that's so important on investigations, not only to have someone you trust, but someone that can, you know, verify and also tell, you know, kind of what's happening in in a situation because, when you're experiencing the paranormal, sometimes you don't experience something the exact same way as the other person in the room did. Yeah, exactly. And and it it actually uh, has adds validity to your story. When you tell a story and the other person repeats theirs and it's almost exactly the same. So, you know, that's that's always pretty that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll get to investigate in the same room, not just the same location um, in the near future. But I want to thank you so much again, Rick, for coming on today. It's been great talking to you as always. Well, you know, if I find some place here in California, I'm calling you. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I'll do the same. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, congratulations well, on the book release. And, and that's cool you put uh, Sophia's pictures in the book. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, Just it, a little jump scare for your readers. No, I had to throw some pretty in the book. Come on, most of the pictures of me, you know, that's just that's just creepy. <laughs> they see me and they and go, you do have oh, that picture of you in a red shirt. So you don't I know, wear black. That's, yeah. yeah, I should wear black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, any any time. I was it was a pleasure. Well, oh, you're welcome thanks, back Rick. on any time as well. Thank right. sure. Congratulations. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Rick. Well, fantastic show today, Sophia. Definitely. Rick is such a great guest. As always, I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Yeah, and also, too, we want to thank uh, uh, the Rick caller. He had some, uh, he got some great tips from the stuntman uh, himself on uh, throwing punches and things for his films. And as well in the chat room, Northwest Media was in there. Full rage, Full Moon Rage was in the chat room with some great questions too as well. Upcoming, we have Travel Channel, Discovery Plus's Michigan Hellhouse, Shock Doc host and medium Cindy Kaza. That'll be next weekend, the 25th. Also too, we have Psychic Rick Wade promoting his new book, The 11th Child. That's going to be on uh, the 18th of March. We have other guests who are... Uh, uh, booking their times to come on too as well. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And as Rick mentioned, Facebook search Hollywood Ghost Hunters and Rick McCallum as uh, personal page on Twitter at Rick for Stunts. He's great at getting back to people on both sites too as well. And his book, The Spirits Are Out There and also Ghost Believe in Me. They're available on Amazon.com or wherever you get your titles. And uh, as well, we have, oh, yeah, Rick Wade, he's coming on, too. And great show, everybody, and we'll see everybody next week. Hi, this is Debbie and Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.